clutter can also make us feel kind of fearful. And the example I like to use when I'm thinking of things like this is sometimes people will say, I can't let go of that paper. I'm scared I'll need it someday. So we all know that we need to hang on to certain documents and, you know, but other things we're like, I'm going to keep it just in case. And we have a tendency to do this on our phones as well. I'll hang on to it just in case I'll Swiffer it over into a a separate file. Makes us feel guilty, right? I talked about those hand-me-downs a few minutes ago. It can just, you know, I don't want to be saddled with Aunt Birdie's dining room table or my mom's old this or that, but there's this pressure to keep it. And I also say, you know, I'm 60 now and I'm thinking, I don't want to make my kids feel guilty. Like I don't want them to have to come in and clean up my house and then think, oh gosh, mom held on to this for 50 years. I better hang on to it. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to tell you today we have a professional home organizer. Geraldine Thomas is here. She is a naturally gifted professional organizer of 19 years. She's helped people from around the world get organized and become more productive so they can pursue their passions, which is so aligned with what we do on the show, Geraldine. So I'm thrilled to have your expertise. Um, And Geraldine enjoys transforming chaotic closets into color-coded curated collections, which is really what we're going to get into on today's interview. So very excited for that. And you may have seen Gerilyn on the Emmy-nominated television show, Hoarders, where she worked in some of America's most cluttered homes. She's been featured on TV commercials and interviewed in national publications. You're the author of two books, uh, your book, Decluttering Your Home, Tips, Techniques, and Trade Secrets, has been translated into how many languages now? Well, as of today. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. And um, you also coach professional organizers. You have the Ask Me Anything YouTube videos for those. So anyone out there who happens to be a professional organizer, you'll have to check um, Geraldine out. But very happy that you're here today, Geraldine. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I am absolutely delighted to be here. I'm a fan of yours. Yes, sweet. Um, we had a good time connecting before this interview just to, uh, just to talk about what we wanted to focus on today. There's so many different areas when it comes to home organization and clutter, um, but I, I think we both agree the important place to start is a definition of what clutter is and sort of the psychology of what creates clutter. So let's let's start there. Sounds great. That is actually my happy place to start. So um, everybody, uh, I think, is entitled to their own definition of clutter, but I like to share so that it's um, when I'm working with clients or maybe listeners are wondering, geez, is it clutter or is it something else? So um, I think of clutter as anything unused, unloved, unfinished, or unresolved. So just think of all the uns in your life. And by that, I mean unused. We can kind of go like mentally walk through your home. Um, maybe it's obsolete computer equipment, cords and cables, or 
old DVDs that nobody's watching, um, <laughs> things that are unloved. I mean, uh, you know, where do we begin? We have and and uh, spouses and partners don't count when we say this, <laughs> but trophies, plaques, awards, clothing. We have a lot of stuff hanging around that we don't necessarily love, but we keep it there because we're not sure what to do with it. Unfinished. Well, um, if anybody out there is a crafter, right? There's lots of unfinished craft projects. Um, and unfinished work, right? We all have things hanging around our house that we're going to get to someday. And now so many of us are working from home. We have even more stuff hanging around our house that's unfinished. And then unresolved, um, usually I like to think of that as mental things that I have to go back and make a decision on. Or um, I'm working virtually with somebody right now and his biggest decision is, he wants to make some charitable contributions, but he just can't make up his mind which. So it's really bothering him, right? And I think mm -hmm. of that as mental clutter, but for somebody else, it might be paperwork or things like that. So unfinished, unloved, unresolved, unused. Okay, this is great. And I actually want to just give a shout out to Kathy Vines, who connected yes. us and who's been on the show a couple of times. I mean, when it comes to home organization, clutter, our closets, the papers, whatever it is. I mean, we could just, I could have you on every week because we could tackle, you know, so many different areas. And like I said, Kathy's been on twice already and she's coming back on to talk about uh, how to Kathy plan. Kathy is one of my sheroes. Oh, I think she feels the same about you. So um, you guys you. are both fantastic. But we, when, when Kathy was on um, and what you were talking about now in terms of the psychology, I do feel that clutter it weighs you down. So we just were getting a puppy this weekend. First time I'll have a dog in my house. First time I've ever had a dog uh, at 50 years old. I'm, we're very excited for it. But I said to my family, I said, before we bring in this beautiful little pup, we must declutter. We have to get rid of things because the idea of bringing in more things like the, the bed it's going to sleep in and you know the gate and all the things we're bringing in for the dog energetically for me, I was feeling overwhelmed by the idea of that. And so I felt so much better when we cleared it out. But can you talk more about like the psychology of it? Because there is an energetic component to all those little things, the drawer that we intend to do or the DVDs. I laughed when you said that, because I know there's probably, you know, there's some that I haven't tended to. I even have cassette VHS cassette tapes my dad just said that we're in his basement basement. I'm like, Oh goodness. Do we keep absolutely. Like, and I love yeah. to start a fire, you know, a conversational fire yeah. um, and asking people things like, you know, that normally kind of uh, spark spark some <laughs> don't spark joy necessarily. You know, how do you feel about letting go of yearbooks about photos? People are really attached to photos. And in the old days, there'd only be 12 or 24 or 36, right? We'd take them to someplace to have them develop you throw out the ones where you don't look thin and pretty <laughs> it was very easy, but now we just let them build up. Right. But stepping back to your original question, the psychology of clutter, I, again, like to kind of plant the seed for your listeners. Think about where clutter comes from and every listener will probably have a different answer for that. 
So for some of us, clutter comes from our relatives, right? Mm. Um, They have had this dining room table in their family for a hundred years. And Michelle, now it's your responsibility. We're downsizing. We're old. You take care of this dining room table or grandfather clock or whatever, China, or, you know, I can go on and on, but you get the idea. So sometimes relatives gift us with clutter. Um, cosmetic companies, anybody who's ever gone shopping knows the lure of that. If you buy something, you get this little goodie bag. The pouch is usually <laughs> cute and it's usually filled with things that we may or may not ever use, right? But we're yes. going to throw them in a drawer and that hopeful thinking like maybe that fragrance will be warm. So cosmetic companies, um, I don't know how many of these you want me to go into, but again, going back to tech. Every time we buy a new laptop, iPad, Apple Watch, and I'm not just picking on Apple, but any product comes with a cord and a cable. And then we download apps thinking that's going to be the answer to all our problems. So those are just a few of the ways that clutter kind of creeps into our life. Yeah. And it's true. And everything you're saying kind of makes me feel tense, to be honest, because I do have the drawer of the Clinique you know, I just, I like the chubby sticks, the lipsticks are great, but I don't buy anything else from Clinique. And so I've got the stuff and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll give this to someone who uses it. So I keep it. So I think people are going to relate to what you're saying, or Apple for sure is a great example. Cause we could have the old iPod that, you know, everyone used to have the various sizes and then everybody loves to upgrade their phone. So they could have three or four phones lying around. Um, And when you travel, you have to take the charger for your watch, the charger for your iPad, the charger for your cord, right? So your bag is getting bigger. You could use those old Clinique bags to put your cords in, Michelle. (laughs) I know. I gave one to my daughter that didn't say Clinique to use as a pencil pouch at one point. I was like, here, this is a great pencil pouch um, to if it has a use. But I mean, we could get into all of that. But so when this is starting to happen, I know it was interesting because I watched you on Nate Berkus. Uh, a segment you did, and there's five personalities that might give people an idea of maybe where they fall in terms of how clutter starts accumulating for them personally. And I, I would imagine maybe somebody has maybe more than one of the personality. Oh, absolutely. Characteristics. Characteristics. And, yeah. And even more important than that, Um, I, I, I'll link, I can give you a link to a free clutter quiz. I mean, I created it. It's not, you know, from (laughs) DSM or anything like that, but, um, what is DSM, uh, diagnostic and statistics manual. It's used to diagnose, uh, mental health disorders. Okay. Got it. Okay. It's an official, I would not, I would not be using that. Right. So it's a fun clutter quiz. It's not meant to diagnose anybody, but again, because I know, that you want to provide good juicy tips for people who are listening, I would say, start thinking about how clutter makes you feel like you just a moment ago articulated bringing this puppy into the house kind of gives you that feeling like, Oh boy, here we go. I'm, I'm going to have to get a leash and, you know, um, bags and bowls and beds and all this other stuff. So you're feeling a little anxious. Clutter can also make us feel kind of fearful. And the example I like to use when I'm thinking of things like this is sometimes people will say, um, I I can't let go of that paper. I'm scared I'll need it someday. 
So we all know that we need to hang on to certain documents and, you know, but other things we're like, I'm going to keep it just in case. And we have a tendency to do this on our phones as well. I'll hang on to it just in case I'll swiffer it over into a a separate file. Makes us feel guilty, right? I talked about those hand-me-downs a few minutes ago. It can just you know, I don't want to be saddled with Aunt Birdie's dining room table or my mom's old this or that, but there's this pressure to keep it. And I also say, you know, I'm 60 now and I'm thinking, I don't want to make my kids feel guilty. Like I don't want them to have to come in and clean up my house and then think, oh gosh, mom held on to this for 50 years. I better hang on to it. You know, that's not what we want to pass on. That's not the legacy we want to give our children. So, some people, it makes them feel embarrassed. And you've probably seen anybody who's watched the show Hoarders knows that um, appliances will break or something needs repair. And the homeowner is so embarrassed that they will not allow a repair person in the house to have a repair. So they go without heating or air conditioning or a refrigerator that functions. So it's a very, very sad thing. And, you know, that's an extreme case. And again, that's a mental health disorder. That's not what we're talking about on your show, I realize. But there's different levels of embarrassment, right? You might not ever say, come spend the weekend at my house if you happen to be in my town because my guest room looks like, you know, a cyclone hit it. So there's different levels. So and it could also make us feel kind of foolish or not so bright, Um, And again, I'll go back to tech for this. There's such a learning curve with so many things that we're downloading and we think it's going to be the answer, but instead it just makes us feel kind of like we're not, we're not keeping up. We're not cool enough. We're not smart enough. We're not quick enough to make a decision. So those are some of the ways clutter makes us feel. Yeah, no, I love the emphasis on how it makes you feel and the emotional component to that. Because then once you have awareness around that, maybe then you can start approaching it. And today we're going to tackle closets because I think, you know, for the show, it's for women, as you know, because you listen as well, you know, they want tips, you know, they could be opening their closet every morning and we tend to wear 20% of our clothes, 80% of the time. Most of us are guilty of that. I know I am. Um, I sneak in a few items here and there and I'm like, oh, I haven't worn this in a while or seasons bring out new things. But again, then you kind of tend to gravitate because it's easy. Um, where do we start with our closets? So here's just a little quick takeaway tip. I tell people, especially if they live in States, because so many of us are working virtually now. So if you had to evacuate, leave your state because of flooding or fires or whatever, Grab your dirty clothes basket or your hamper because those are the clothes you love the most and wear instead of looking at, you know, racks and racks and oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. Isn't that something? Right. That's how you know what you love and wear because that's what's in the laundry. And it includes everything. It's going to have your underwear and your top layer and something for warmth or cool or wherever you're living. So don't necessarily scour your shelves and racks. Look look what's in the dirty clothes pile because that's where the good stuff is. (laughs) That's actually really funny. It's funny you mentioned underwear because we do have our favorite underwear. It's true. (laughs) And you leave the other ones, right? We do. We do. So let's... So what... Where do we start then? So where can we, yeah, where do we begin to okay. tackle some of this so that maybe we get rid of some of that underwear and some of those clothes and, and well, not the underwear, but the other stuff, donate. Yes. yes. 
yes, donate or just give it away, right? I mean, give it away to anyone who wants it. Um, I have the the method that I believe in is taking your measurements first. And this is a fun thing for, you know, girls night out, sisters, mother, daughter, whatever, do it on your own, husband, wife, partners, whoever. But the measurements are really the baseline. And the reason I'm fanatical Mm -hmm. about taking your measurements, I even created this little workbook for people to take their measurements and note them accurately. It shouldn't be a subjective, make you feel bad or guilty thing. But if we lined up five women and they're all five foot five and 150 pounds, their proportions wouldn't be the same. One wouldn't be able to pull on boots over her calf, right? Her calf might be larger. The other one might feel like she's shorter torsoed, longer torsoed, heavy busted, slimmer hips. There's always something different. So when you know your measurements, that's the starting point. Okay. So number one, know your measurements. Know your measurements. Okay. And um, I would also say gather your goodies. So that means in my case, it would be the tape measure, right? And then your bins for sorting. And they don't have to be fancy. I know there's so many cool TV shows where they have really cool little gadgets, but It can be a laundry basket. It could be a grocery bag. It could be a trash bag. It could be anything, but have a pile for donate, which, and when I say donate, I mean, it's in really good shape where you would let your best friend wear it. Those are the things you can take to the, you know, Goodwill or the place of your choice. Yes. And then maybe some people like to consign things and those will be in probably excellent shape, right? They're going to hope to earn a little money from their things and then your keepers. And then I like to start a little in that keeper pile. We'll get into this later for some techniques. But um, I would say have a full length mirror handy because occasionally you'll try things on. And if I'm working with you, I would take a picture of you. And sometimes we look in the mirror and think, yes, I look pretty good in this. And then you see the picture and you're like, what, what am I thinking? Right? I don't look so great in that. Wait, why is it? Yeah, go ahead. Because what's what does the picture do versus looking at yourself in the mirror? What's the difference? It's completely, it takes your opinion out. And our eyes have a way of showing us what we want to see. And that can work for us and against us. Trust me, having been in so many women's closets, a lot of times women see the negative things in their opinion, they're negative about themselves when I'm seeing this great overall picture. And I think you'll hear like interior designers will say somebody wants to focus on the color of a throw pillow and she's, you know, the homeowner is like, no, that's not going to work. And the designer will say, think of the overall you're in a, you know, whatever square foot room, that throw pillow is that much of the equation. It's the same with your outfit. You're thinking you have, you know, whatever I can, I can list all kinds of things people don't like about themselves, but, um, a full length mirror, a step stool, so we can reach everything high and low. Yes. Um, a miscellaneous bin. I love to have some kind of bright lighting if it's available. Okay. Because lighting makes a difference, right? And sometimes we think things are brown, black, blue, or it's not looking as great in bright light as it might, you know, otherwise. Um, a vacuum, a duster, things like that. That's actually smart because there is going to be some dust to clean up. And before you put stuff back, you want to take that opportunity to clean everything up. I love that. That's great. 
Okay. So Next up, I would say, oh, I'm yes, sorry. No, go. I was going to say, we're, okay. so this is great. So now we're, we've kind of gotten through and sorted this. Um, does it, well, let's, I'll ask you when we get to the keeping pile, whether it makes sense to, if people aren't hiring somebody like you, you know, have a friend or somebody else weigh in. I don't oh, know. such a good question. <laughs> let's let's answer that now because it okay. is a, it's a really great question. And I think it it can, um, I, I'll tell you examples of how it goes both ways. Maybe that'll be helpful for people rather than, so sometimes you have a friend there and the friend is objective, but you may feel like she has a hidden agenda. Well, she wants me to get rid of that because she wants it or- <laughs> You know, that does happen occasionally. I've heard many stories like that. So if she's encouraging you to let go of things more and more and more, and then she's like, hey, if you're not going to use that, can I have it? It might make you feel uncomfortable. Okay. The other thing is sometimes our friends are so gentle with us and really nice with to us that they aren't going to be truthful. She might not be as objective saying, it's not your best look. So if she's telling you everything looks pretty good, pretty good, pretty good, or she could have what I call the background story on your info. Hey, you paid a fortune for that, Michelle. Don't let that go. Even though it's not your best look, right? You might have other things going on, other outfits that are better. She might be encouraging you to save something that maybe somebody who doesn't have a horse in the race is going to be very you know, objective with you. Right. Which is why sometimes it is helpful to hire somebody like you who can, who doesn't know you and can objectively look at it, doesn't know the history. Um, But one of the reasons I asked that question is just like you said, a lot of times women will look at themselves and look at their flaws versus seeing, you know, how beautifully a color might look on them. And actually the shape of the sweater is actually perfect or they're not seeing that they're fixated on whatever that mirror draws them to. Um, And then, you know, I'm 50 or 60, what I might've worn at 38 versus what I wear now. I mean, we go through different periods. We become parents, maybe somebody's becoming a grandparent, whatever different stages. And you start thinking about, oh gosh, I used to know exactly what I would go buy and looked good on me. And now I still have it in the closet, but does this still work? Is this still my, you know, there's a lot of layers to culling that closet. Absolutely. And on in the um, wardrobe wisdom kit next to where you're taking your measurements, I encourage people to kind of analyze their face shape. And I heard your makeup artist guest talking about that as well, right? So that's really fun. It helps you determine what glasses are best for you or what jewelry is going to work best. Or if you have an angular face, maybe you would want to echo that in a more pointed toe shoe or a bag with sharper angles rather than a big slouchy hobo. Mm. The other thing that you mentioned is our bodies change as we age. And even, you know, a five foot four 30 year old who is fairly trim compared to a five foot four trim 65 year old, things are going to look different, right? Because we just, mother nature takes its toll and things change. It doesn't mean things aren't going to look great. It just means it's not going to look the same. Exactly. You can work like a maniac and your muscle tone still isn't going to be quite the same as it was when you were really young. That's right. The clothes fit differently. And so you have to also make that mental adjustment of, of acceptance for where you are today. 
right. And look your best. And right? look your best. Because you're yeah. talking about style. I heard you in another interview talk about style versus fashion. You're about helping women sort of be true to their brand of who they are and right. representing themselves in that way when exactly. they're when they're doing their, their closet, right? Exactly right. And helping people determine their style. So many people call me in and um, sometimes it's prompted by a conversation where I'm going through a divorce. I had bariatric surgery. I've lost 50 pounds. I've gained 50 pounds. I've had three children. So, or I used to work now. I don't, I, I just worked with somebody recently and she said, I don't know who I am anymore. I used to go into an office. I had people respect me, serve me coffee. She said, now I'm home. And I'm like, who am I? What do I wear? So it's very it's true. I think a lot of women can relate to that. I know I, I went through that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's our identity. And a lot of times the people that I work with um, more often than not will tell me that they, or will determine together, they're buying clothes for an aspirational lifestyle. And what I mean by that is they live in yoga and they chase their kids or they play tennis or they're working from home. They still want to look nice and feel good about themselves, but they're buying clothes that don't suit that lifestyle. <laughs> I'm laughing because you told me you heard the interview that I did with Kathy, where I took my daughter to preschool in a yes. sheath dress and heels yes. when I was going home, no longer in corporate, but I hadn't mentally transitioned to mom life with the flats. And it took me a long time to get into flats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's just, we're always, it's a very organic process, how we change and evolve. And I think women's styles change and evolve who a lot of times women who were somebody at 30 are, are over that phase in their life. That's in their rear view mirror. Now they want something new and they want to look as good as they can and feel as good as they can. That's right. And I think, and, and we want to support that. Okay. So we've, we've done the bins and the pile for donation and all that stuff. So where do we go from there? Okay. Block off some time on your calendar. And this is a very important thing to practice self-care. I know everybody always thinks massage, mani, petty, facial, but this to me is practicing self-care. I agree. Carving some time out for yourself on your calendar, put your phone and do not disturb. Um, pamper yourself a little. Like I think you need to know what motivates you. For some people, that's great smells. So you might buy a little spritz of fresh grapefruit or mint, or have a pot of coffee or tea going, put on your favorite, favorite music. I tell people to lower their thermostat. You're much more energetic if it's a little cooler rather than warmer <laughs> and nothing gets you in and out of your clothes faster. If you're trying things on than you know, a little chilly, temperature. Yeah. <laughs> you're a little chilly, right? Yeah. Like Vegas, right? If right. you've ever been to Vegas, they keep it turned down. So or you're like a, a dressing cool. room at the, at the department store. Right. And then wear appropriate undergarments when you're trying things on and off. So if you're a Spanx person, put on your Spanx and whatever bra that you would wear out, right? So it's not your at-home Saturday bra. You want to try things on as, as you're going to be wearing them. And if that means you're trying on more dress-up clothes, that's what you want to have handy. Okay. So put a bathrobe on and underneath is whatever you're going to wear out. I love that. I love it. It actually made me feel more motivated. I like the idea of the scent and just making it a fun experience. Let's be realistic when you talk about blocking off time. Mm -hmm. Are we tackling one drawer? Are we tackling the entire closet? And if so, like, give us a gauge of how much time realistically. I know everybody's got a different amount. I mean, every woman's closet's very different. I'm, you know, a ballpark though. 
Okay, so everyone's attention span is different. And I want to point out something very, very important for people to realize. Typically, the older we are, the more easily we will fatigue after a certain number of decisions. So if I'm working with a client who's a real peppy, energetic 70-year-old, even though she's peppy, energetic, and roaring to go, she may not be able to take six hours of decision-making like a 40-year-old would. And the other thing to realize, um, to recognize when you're blocking your calendar is, are you a morning, you know, early bird or a late night owl? So work with what's best for you. Love that. I know myself, I'm like a three-hour person. I can stay focused and grinding along. And, and again, I enjoy this. I realize not everybody, this is not going to be everybody's idea of a great time. True. And if it's not, is it one way to tackle it potentially? You know, maybe it's four dates with your closet. You know what I mean? Where it's a shorter, shorter stints, you know, or it's one drawer a day, you know, of the bureau and then the closet is two hours. Or tackle the easy stuff first. Things with no sentimental value, right? Right. So like um, the underwear. (laughs) Like the underwear. And for some people, that's going to be a hot, a hot topic, right? I mean, everybody has a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you some games to play because I think okay. this is where, and again, I, I'm hoping your um, listeners will have a sense of humor while they're listening to this because I would never want ever, I don't, any organizer would never offend people. Yes. But sometimes it helps to pull things out. And one of the games um, I like to play is friends, acquaintances, and strangers. So you look at your clothes and is this a friend? Your friends are probably in your laundry basket. They're the things that you're going to throw on Saturday morning and, you know, go out and have coffee or grab something to eat or watch a movie, girls night out. It's it's the stuff you're wearing often. So friends, acquaintances, things that are in your closet that you wear occasionally and you can count on them. You know they'll be there if you have a funeral, a wedding, a bridal shower, a something or other, a a drop your kid off at school day. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Then we could make a pile of strangers. These are the things that are in your closet that you think to yourself, who was I when I wore that last? Mm -hmm. Why do I still have that? Even though I paid a fortune, I'm not friendly with that garment anymore. And if you've had an occasion to wear that, several times, but instead reached for something else, that's usually going to go in the stranger pile if I'm working with you. Got it. I have a beautiful joie. How do you pronounce it? J-O-I-E, the joie blouse silk. Yep. And it was expensive and I purchased it. And do you know why you're not wearing it? It just isn't me. I don't know. I mean, I actually had hired a stylist once to shop with me. And what I realized is I really know my taste and I don't need somebody to shop with me. My most important thing I did with with her was shop my own closet and think about how to restyle the clothes that I had that I love. So anyway, I did buy that blouse. I've worn it twice. It also makes me incredibly hot. The two times I've worn it, I've overheated and I don't normally, I'm always cold. Right. There's something about this blouse that makes me hot. Uh, so I don't feel myself in it and I get, I get overheated. <laughs> so it's time for that blouse to go, but I've Absolutely. had a hard time letting it go. Cause I did invest a lot in that, in that blouse. 
I know you could try selling it, but oftentimes we want to get what we put into it. That's probably not. No, going to I'm be. okay. With I mean, that. Yeah. people who do well with that are usually like people buying expensive, and I do mean expensive designer bags, right? Yes, they they're reselling. Yes. Okay, but another game you could play is the one we talked about briefly a few minutes ago. Is take a picture of yourself in the garment, and ah. don't just take a picture from the front, because I have learned. A lot of lessons being with women who never see their backside. But when I show them their backside in a picture, some of them are horrified. And I have to admit, I've done the same thing myself. I'm thinking, well, this looks very nice and presentable. And then when I see the backside, I'm like, holy (laughs) moly, what am I thinking? Like, I am never leaving the house without a smooth shaper going down my back. Or, you know, you've got the VPL, the visible panty lines, or... Maybe some people uh, have cellulite on their bottom or their thighs, and they didn't realize that showing through this thin fabric of pant. So there's all kinds of things going on behind you. You need to see. You need to have a picture of that. Okay, but how do you realistically take a picture of your the back backside? Well, that's yeah. where a friend comes in, Got or it. there is a way to do it. And if you can go to someplace like Target or you know Home Goods or something, you can buy a skinny little mirror for under twenty dollars usually, and you put that behind you. And then you stand in front of your mirror and you do one of these shots. I got and it. Kind of angle, so it's okay. You know, it's a little doable. Yeah, it's okay. Doable. All right. Yeah. This is all so good. Okay. So we are now. Are we? Are we back in our closet now? Are we putting things back in? Now you can put things back in your keepers. Right. First of all, yes. your friends are going to go there and they're going to get the place of honor in your closet. Easy access. You want your friends on display so you can reach them, and and along with all your friends and acquaintances that you're keeping, I like to start planting the seed to let's maintain things the best you can, because we've spent this money. And first of all, it's, you know, being a good steward of the planet. You don't want to just keep buying things and then discarding them, but also you're not in that mad rush. It's kind of a time management situation where, okay, I do have an outfit if I have a summer funeral, a winter funeral, a summer wedding, a winter wedding, right? You don't want to have to scramble to go out and buy those things because when you need them, you can never seem to find them, right? True. Always, always a struggle, (laughs) always. Or a mom's night out. Never know what to wear for a mom's night out. Right. For whatever reason, I always think I have a ton of things. And then when it's time to just go out, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to wear. Right. And, and for some, that means let's build a capsule and capsules, a loaded word, people love them or hate them. And some people don't know enough about them, but my idea of a capsule is exactly what you're describing. So you want three moms night out. Well, you're in San Diego, so maybe you don't need different climate, different weather, but um, other listeners may want different moms night out outfits. And I would say, start at the bottom, shoes, boots, booties, sandals, whatever, work your way up. What are you wearing the next layer? Maybe it's jeans. Maybe you have a favorite pair of jeans and they're going to be your workhorse, but then come up with three different tops for three different moms saying, think about the jewelry you're going to wear, Um, you know, accessorize things. That's what keeps your outfits fresh and lively and really expresses your style. Okay. I love that. I love that. I think people will benefit from that because it's always like, oh, what am I going to wear? You know, it's tough, but go for things that fit the best, things that flatter, 
um, garments with the best fabric for where you are now in your life. And that's a big deal because I said a minute ago, you know, I turn around and I'm horrified thinking, oh my gosh, that does not look how I thought it would look. It looks good in the front, not so great in back. So maybe you need to add a shaper, some shapewear to your shopping list. Or maybe you say, I can no longer wear really thin, super handkerchief fabric t-shirts. Like those grab in all the wrong spots. Or if I'm going to wear them, I have to layer them. Or maybe I'm going to add a jacket over that so I can wear that as my base piece. But I have to pop a jacket over that now in order to feel confident because of what's going on in back, front, sides. Everybody's got their stuff. So does that help? Completely. Okay. Okay. So we're putting it. That's what we would go get. But first, Mm -hmm. we're going to put our stuff back, I would imagine, before we add again. Yes. 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 And determine what, what your style is. So I have some things for show and tell if you want, but shoe boxes, like a lot of people buy shoe boxes and they go unused because they don't want to take the lid off a shoe box. It's so if you have, you know, a stack of five, six, seven shoes, pulling out the right shoe without having a shoe avalanche shoes, um, taking them out of the box, Then when you get home that night, you're putting it in the box. You're trying to slide it back in. That's just more hassle than it's worth for some people. So I have a shoe box. I'll show you. Okay. And this will be for those who watch it on YouTube (laughs) when it's available. But And this is a, a little more pricey, but you could, you don't have to do this. There's lots of options. But the reason this works in my closet and for a lot of my clients is because it has like a garage door. Okay, so I'm just going to describe have... it. It's okay, just basically, is... yeah, you want to describe it? Go ahead. A, a plastic box with a drop down, comp- uh, uh, like a garage door, it pulls out and then your shoe pulls in and out and they stack on top of one another. So yes. this, you could have, you know, and I do have clients with the shoe obsessions. You could have these as tall as you want, as long as you have the step stool. You're not pulling out a whole box. Yes. You're just so, opening the little door and accessing your shoes and putting them back. And the door is clear. I'm just going to, so people, so you can absolutely see what's in there very easily. Yes. And it has so bridges on the top. You so they stack, stack those in your closet. Yes. Yes. Okay. Other shoe options include um, over the door shoe racks. So though you've seen those, the little yes. metal things and you just pop your shoes on there. That's yes. nice because it, it uses vertical space, not horizontal space, right? True. Organizer's favorite secrets. <laughs> go exactly. Up. <laughs> go up, go up. Right. Don't take up too much space within. Well, some of us might have small small closets. Yes, um, of course. And older, yeah. I know where Kathy lives in Boston. She's always telling me that her clients never have closet space. Yeah. So when I lived in the city, my husband and I shared a, clo- a walk-in closet, but it was a very small one. Yes. Very small. And we shared it. I took up more of it than he did, but still. <laughs> No surprise there. Yes. Um, cloth, shoe pockets. I mean, they're in shoe racks. There's shoe cubbies that sit on the floor. Again, depends on what your what your space allows and yes. what your budget is. Okay. Do you hang jeans or do you put them in the drawer? I'm a folder and I stack mine in the closet. Not in your bureau. What do you use your bureau for? Um, underwear, workout wear. Um, and off-season clothes. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. Because I always wonder about that. I think this is why we wear 20% of our clothes because it's, we grab what we see. 
Exactly. And then what You're gets right. washed is what sits on top of it's in the drawer on top. Cause I put a lot of my sweaters in the, in the bureau. Right. And I just grab what's ever on top. And this is interesting. And depending on where your listeners live and how much closet space they have and their lifestyle, I do something that I share with clients. And this is one thing that I hear over and over and over that they love this tip. And I take all of what I call social occasion wear. And again, we don't go out to big events. I mean, we are casual people. We like a fire pit in the backyard or, you know, so that's, that's more my style. But if I am doing something fancy, um, all of those fancy clothes, special occasion clothes are not in my regular closet. I have them sourced to a itty bitty little closet and I don't have a lot of those clothes. And that's where I tell women to save money when they're shopping. So if you live a casual lifestyle and you very rarely need super frou-frou dress up things like the little handbag, don't spend a lot on that. You're going to wear it for three hours, maybe twice a year, right? It's true. Oh, and so where so, do you invest usually in the jackets, the jeans? What do you like to invest? My in? jeans, I don't mind spending a little bit more. Now I'm not a I'm not a super spender on clothes. I like a bargain, but I will pay more. For example, I try, I do own several black things, but I try not to buy black. I know it's not my greatest color, but I love it for workout wear because you can sweat. It hides a multitude of sins. I mean, do I need to go on and tell you how great black is stuff like that? Right, right. But I'll spend more in the stuff that I wear every day. And, And a personal example would be I'm in the water almost every day. I try to do water aerobics, water and swim laps. So for me, Investing a lot of money in a swimsuit is good because my swimsuit <laughs> more info than your uh, listeners need. My swimsuit has to have like extra lycra and stronger cups and support. And because I'm in the water, you know, bouncing, jiggling, and it's five days a week. Yes. So that's where I'm going to invest more money. Okay. I like that. So invest where in the items that really you're putting on every day. And yes. so you can look and feel your best. A tea, I would imagine, you know, you can get good quality teas that aren't so expensive. Exactly. And if you like a little lycra in your tea, which I do recommend, especially, you know, if you want it to look a little more upscale, um, go ahead and spend a little more on that and and get something polished, like more of a V-neck rather than a crew neck, if that's important. Um, because it's a more flattering cut and it frames your face and neck. Okay. Any particular brands you like on the like? Particular? No, it just depends. Um, there's a brand that I I should sell out of the trunk of my car. It's called Judy P. It's a really nice. It's a thicker shirt. It's um, got some stretch to it, and the front of it has a double lining. So you it. It's flattering on almost everyone. And it comes in a three-quarter sleeve, which again, most people that I work with look fantastic in a V-neck three-quarter sleeve. So okay. I might have to link that brand. We'll we'll give them some love. (laughs) Um, okay. So are we are we good then? Like so if we've done all that, we should be able to open our closets, open our drawers and be ready for the day without that. And it saves us time then. And take pictures or 
write down, again, I can give you a link to a free handout that I've created for people who don't like the picture route, but write down your outfits. When you find an outfit that you put together and you feel good in it and you think you look good in it, write down everything, your earrings, your scarves, your belts, your purse or handbag or tote bag or whatever you're carrying. And remember that outfit. And I, I hope it goes away that people have this notion that they can't be seen twice in the same thing. I mean, who cares, right? Who cares? Oh, I'm definitely on in that camp. Yeah. Right. Especially it's usually different people too, that you're, especially if it's an occasion, it's usually not all the same people. Exactly. And generally speaking, your partner, or your spouse doesn't care. They don't even notice. <laughs> they don't care. Right. Right. So um, that's actually, those, those are all great tips, but did we miss anything or are we, are we? Well, I would ready? say before you put everything back, do your best job cleaning possible because it's such a fresh start and it really is emotionally just invigorating for people to walk in and you know I have people that love pine salt I have people that hate pine salt but whatever your smell is lavender water rose water just plain water but you know give everything a really good dusting a vacuuming and put it back clean your mirrors fold things nice and neatly and plan to maintain. So when I'm putting things back with clients, they're talking about, they're telling me their stories about their clothes. I want to defuzz their sweaters for them. I want to make sure, you know, everything is nice and well-maintained. And if I see a perspiration stain on a silk blouse, I'll say, let's send this to the cleaner or, you know, just make that list and get in the habit of taking care of your MIAs, I call them, not missing in actions. Um, mending, ironing, alterations, and stains. Okay. And do you organize by, you know, blouses are together, jeans are together, sweaters are together. And are you color coding that? So for some people, I actually put their outfits together. We group pants, shirts, and then we use these little mesh bags. So that's their jewelry bundle, beauty bundle. Everybody calls it something a little bit different, but we'll actually bundle it and hang it on the hanger. Oh, they're ready to go. So how many outfits are you like five, 10 outfits are ready to go? That depends on somebody's social life. So I have a client that usually has, you know, 40 events every season. And she does exactly what you're saying. She'll say, I'm going to my sorority sister stuff. And this is what I'm going to wear with them. It's a different crowd. I can recycle this with, you know, the workout or the girls night out crowd or whatever. She belongs to book club. So there's things like that. Wow. Okay. I love this. And you will give us resources, which I will link in the show notes, which will be at thegoodlifecoach.com with this interview with Gerilyn. Um, Anything you want to add before we wrap up today? Well, um, I would say, you know, let me know if they have, if any readers have questions, I would love for them to either leave it on your review website or your YouTube station, because I have tools I'm happy to share, you know, what I use. When I say um, people should, you know, shave their sweaters, there's a lot of options. You can use a plain emery board. You can use a specific sweater shaver. You can use a battery operated sweater shaver. So just depends, you know, how nitty gritty you want to get. Okay. Well, on that note, then where can people learn more about you? So they could reach out to you or if they want to have a consult and go through the closet with somebody who's been doing this for 30 years, (laughs) um, 
they can feel in good hands. Yeah. What, where do I we would, direct them? Geraldine? I would be um, flattered and honored to help anybody. They can come to my website, which is metropolitanorganizing.com. And I'm on YouTube, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Twitter. I'm not so much on Instagram and Facebook just because I try to practice what I preach and be mindful about my time away from screen time. Okay. And are you Geraldine Thomas there or are you Metropolitan Organizing there? I'm Metropolitan Organ. I'm Geraldine Thomas on YouTube and Metro Zing, which is just a shortened version of Metropolitan Organizing on Twitter. On Twitter, because it has to be abbreviated. Thank you. I'm so glad we got a chance to sit down and do this. Maybe we'll do a part two on you guys. Let us know what what do you need help decluttering? And we'll bring Gerilyn back on and tackle another part of our house. But thank you for your time today. Such a pleasure to be with you. Michelle, thank you. And again, I am not saying this just because I'm sitting here in the guest chair, but I so I think you bring such value to listeners. Every time I listen to one of your podcasts, I walk away inspired with some new ideas and, you know, breathing better, eating better. It just makes me feel like a million bucks. So thank you. Oh, that means a lot to me. Thank you, Gerilyn. This has been a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.